or you're not enough. Society and media. Let me play my part. Check two, hey. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. You know, little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one's gonna take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Take the wall down, pick up a hammer. Yep. And there are so many people who are taught, you know, women are dainty, women are this, women are that, and they don't use their bodies. So with that context, we talked a little bit about our, our childhoods and stuff. What does empowerment mean to you when you meet a new client? So many of my clients that I'm speaking with come to me with a, usually with a weight loss goal that I think is... Um, perpetuated by society and media and and let me be clear that like I know that gyms as businesses I know that other people who are I love people tackling like building a business what's tough is when it is basically kind of based off of the concept of like you're not worthy or you're not enough where you are today Mm -hmm. and you can be better where you are in six months after using my product or after using my gym or things like that. And again, that's like you were mentioning before, that's not to say that there's no benefit in striving towards a goal. There absolutely is. I think what I just try to reframe their mind about is that when we work on strength and when we work on just making you feel better by moving your body, a lot of the weight that you might be carrying will start to come off naturally. In addition, I think that weight can be carried almost like mentally and physically, Mm -hmm. and they work together. So when you have, um, let's say you are not feeling super secure about your body after you've had three kids, and maybe your husband has said something about it, or maybe your mom has said something about it. The last thing you need is me to be an additional person to pile on and provide more shame and pressure on you to change. Mm -hmm. Because I think what the biggest, maybe one of the bigger misconceptions is you are fully capable of doing 95% of things that I would do with most of my clients, no matter what you look like. Really? Yes. You work with a lot of like middle-aged women who are just like, hey, I just want to feel good again. I want yep. to feel like myself again. I've, I've brought life into the world. I've had maybe a little time on the television, a little time on YouTube, and I want to move. Yep. What's and, that like? And well, so when I say 95% of clients, so if you're, if you're a, 
a professional athlete, sure, you might be adding in specific things that are sport specific that you're doing that nobody else is doing. Right. Otherwise, everybody else is doing mostly the same thing. I'm going to change things for you here and there, but essentially I'm going to get you some sort of a squat pattern. I'm going to get you some sort of a hinge pattern, some sort of a push, some sort of a pull, like a deadlift. Oh, okay. So, so there's just a couple, like a pull would be some sort of a row variation. A push would be some sort of a press. So like a chest press or like a push up. So I'm going to use all the same things and you are fully capable of doing them no matter what you look like. I might change things here and there and tweak them slightly, but there's no way that you're less capable or less than of somebody who looks appropriate to be in the gym. Are there people who feel like I need to get in shape in order to get into the gym? Yes. Because people are going to see me? Yes. So my therapist um, works heavily with people who are... So I have a bit of a restrictive eating background with more of an orthorexia style uh, swing, I guess you could say, where I'm not eating enough for the amount that I'm moving my body and therefore not fueling it properly. Were you like eating like a dainty girl, even though you're nine foot six and you can kick ass? Yes, I am actually nine <laughs> foot six. I, it's wild. I look way but... up at you and I'm five nine. <laughs> yeah, Teresa's five Kel nine. Kel would come up to your belly button. Kel oh would be God. my belly button. Hang yes. on, stand up, stand up, stand up. Because she comes up to my chin. So this is... Oh, my God! Kel would be... <laughs> She's below your shoulders. Kel would be below my shoulders. That's too cute. You can just toss her over your shoulder. Yes. So that's a good... It's, it's good context to provide, though. So I'm like 6'1", six 6'2". Six it depends on what kind of shoes I'm wearing. Maybe even more if I'm wearing a little bit extra shoes. But that requires a completely different fueling for your body and for the amount of activity level that I was doing. So... In order for me, basically, to maintain the look that I was going for, which was a very thin look, I had to eat not a lot and work out a ton, which was How did you get to be... I didn't mean to cut you off. How okay. did you get that as a goal coming from... Like, I can't picture your parents teaching that to you. No, it wasn't my parents at all. It was all me. It was, <laughs> it was all, Well, it was your, your society, too. Yes, that's, right? what, I, that's what I mean. It's, it's not... That's um, so sad. And, and I will say with... Uh, I'm so lucky to not have parents that ever said that to me because a lot of people would have gotten do. way worse yeah and I, I i mean i talk to people that are my clients all the time that have pressure from their parents on how they look or you know what they're doing what they're eating what they're not doing and i never had that from my parents which i'm so grateful for every single day but um a lot of it was me being as tall as i am i'm a very athletic body type and not a stick thin model i think now looking at me with a better mind that I've worked on for five years, I'm very, I'm like, I am in great shape, but I wouldn't have said that, you know, 10 years ago when I actually was thinner and more societally right than I am today. Were you, cause I want to talk about this in the context of like high school, college, adult life. So can we go back a few more years and like, I've never, and I don't know if it's like, I, you know, quote unquote, maybe I don't think like a woman, whatever the fuck that means, but I've never been like, had any pressure or interest in attracting a guy. Right. So that might give me a different mind as far as my relationship with my body. I want to know how many bricks I can break. You know, I want to know, am I going to be a good role model in the karate studio? I'm talking about like my teenage years and my twenties and when I was in the dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now for people who still know me, I bumped into a student uh, a few weeks ago and I was delivering groceries for this stuff that go, was going on in Minneapolis when the city burned down and someone was like, Ms. Hall? And I was like, 
How you doing? <laughs> just, just at cub with like armfuls of shit. Yeah. Still um, holding the bunch, still carrying so a bunch. So you always want to be a role model. Anyone in from any mas- aspect of your life can find you anywhere and you just want to be like, oh, am I a good role model right now? But I've never had that like, you know, I hope, I hope I'm dainty or I hope I'm this and that. I think when, as a gay woman, you just have a different mentality trying to attract a woman than trying to attract a guy. And I don't remember either of us, you know, really worried about our bodies in that way. But what's that like? So for me, heavily, it was because as I'm so tall that I started to create some stories in my head that aren't accurate, especially when I was in like middle school and high school when I was basically I had a growth spurt in middle school where I was like 5'11". I mean, these boys at that time, when you're trying to be in an area where you're like, friends are practicing dating and you are feeling like you don't get to because, I mean, we all know girls mature faster than boys. So I had, you know, these poor guys who are five feet tall, like they're not gonna... (laughs) Going after the college guys. Yeah, right. Right. And then I'm like 12. So it's like that. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you get hit on at Byerly's? Maybe. Dude, I have what was no that idea. Story? No, the guy behind the counter hit on you and your mom was too embarrassed to say, dude, she's 12 years old. I'm sure I was 12. Like yeah, I, because that happened. I was so tall. Like I had, <laughs> I had people on my, um, hockey teams saying it facetiously, but also like kind of not being like, can we see your birth certificate? I'm like, I'm playing U12 girls hockey. Long like form. I'm not trying to. Has to be the long form <laughs> if you want to run for president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so for Oh, cause me, in sports you had an advantage. Oh, yes, for sure. Like, like, and that's why I, not why, that's part of why I was good at sports is like, I have always had my height to my advantage, especially against girls who are typically a little bit, quite a bit shorter than me. But funny, you didn't play like basketball or volleyball. You played like stuff where there's other things besides height. Like, I don't even know who's the tallest. Zdeno Charo, I guess, is the tallest hockey player, but Definitely. doesn't really make him the best. No, no. Hockey is a much more... Hockey is a much wider range of people that can find success. That's cool. Um, That's a cool way to think about it, man. Yeah, for sure. It's so, not a body-type-driven sport. It's very mental. Yes. Um, and yeah. it's it's different positions have different benefits. Like, you, want, you maybe are going to be a small, zippy forward, and you're going to have a ton of success there. You might be a little bit like I ended up playing defense as I went on and, and my height really was a a big, um, a big benefit for me at defense. So, you know, there's different areas in hockey and in lacrosse, which are my two favorite sports where you can be also like a, a, you know, a quick, um, quick cutting agile, like zippy player too. And at a, a shorter height and have a ton of success. Yeah. So basically I, I just based, I started seeing people who were my height, who I thought were beautiful and they're models. So I'm like, okay, oh, I, they're not athletes. they're not athletes, but I was like, okay, so for me to attract the men that I want, this is going to be the kind of body type that I'm going to need to have. That's sad. So Serena Williams is a huge hero of mine. She's and badass. She's just like some people call her the greatest American athlete in recorded history. Just for it's one thing to win and be a champion, it's another for the game to change because of your presence. And yep. everyone calls everyone a game changer, but everyone's not a game changer. And the I Williams think there's sisters another, are game changers. Yes, and I think there's another thing to be a consistent champion. Yep. Like when you that takes mental fortitude to be somebody who wins and wins and wins and wins and wins. In multiple decades. Yes. 
Um, so she's been outspoken about body confidence and she was told from so many time periods and I'm sure some of it is racial because some black people have a different body type, um, and everything like that, you know, to kind of be embarrassed and you, and to kind of feel like this and kind of feel like that. And like, she just had her cat suit on not, not too many years ago. Um, which, you know, maybe when she was younger, it was for a different reason, but now she was wearing it because she gets fucking blood clots. Like it saves her life and she got fined. Like, um, if I start talking about everything she's put up with in, uh, this like rich white kind of conservative sport, I'll just never shut up. But she's been so powerful and you would have been like, if she started around 20 years ago, it's 2020 right now, you would have been like 10. Yep. Do you remember having at least some athlete? to look up to who's strong and looks powerful and feels confident or would you feel like, eh? Totally. I do. I I had a ton. Specifically, it was the, I think it was the 1998 Winter Olympics when the women's hockey team won it. And and the U.S. women's hockey team has won quite a bit. It would be great to see at some point more women's hockey so it's not so kind of like U.S. versus Canada all the time in the Olympics, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just, that just takes time to let the sport you know, because you can only and... enjoy it every four years. You mean? Yes, but I mean but beyond there's a WNBA, so we could do yes, it. Yes, but so hockey as a sport to versus basketball, it just requires more. So like beyond just having shoes, a basketball, and a hoop, and like God, pavement, ends, hockey you have a bajillion things that you have to wear. You've got to find ice time. Like it's just it's a tougher sport to expand. And, and that's on the men's and women's side. Like yeah. it's a, it's a more expensive sport and it's a tougher sport to just like have the ability for a larger number of people to do. There will never be a rink on every corner. You'll always right. have to at least be in the right neighborhood. That's kind of rough, you know, for you will, people who love it, like yes. Minnesotans. You will always find a soccer field. You will always find a basketball court. Like they just require less yeah. than what a hockey rink plus all the things that go along with it require. So it it just makes that a little bit tougher, a longer road to expand it. But I just mean from a women's perspective, like it would be nice to have more competitors than just like US versus Canada. Because it kind of feels like every Olympics, it's like US versus Canada in the (laughs) the Well, it's crazy because a lot of, in NHL, there's a lot of Europeans. Like tons and tons. Why why does it end up US versus Canada in... The Olympics, when so much of the NHL isn't either one of those, I am not sure. I don't know. I'd have to like actually look and see what the you know third, fourth contenders are. I I would assume they're probably like the Swedens, Finlands, um, you know, where other like Russia, Russia, all those, yeah, the Eastern Bloc and stuff too. Yep. Um, I wonder if you need a lot of money to be in the Olympics because of sponsorships and stuff, which is the opposite of its intent. Literally, it's supposed to be the best amateur sport in the world. Yeah. And now it's like millionaires. Yeah. (laughs) But I think back to your question, uh, Karin Bai and Cami Granado are like two that I fully remember. And I I got to talk to Karin Bai when I was in fifth grade. I remember this vividly as a school project interview. And it was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Like, and I also remember the 1996 World Cup that was like Mia Hamm, um, uh, what's yeah. the girl that, Brandy Chastain, who tore off her shirt. Like, it's I so remember iconic. that. It's iconic. Like, I was seven years old, and that's when you are, you are looking at these women like you are badasses, yeah. and I wanted to be them. So that was, that's wonderful. Like, I, I love that entirely. I think it just changes when you're trying to find your footing of when you actually want to like be desirable for somebody else. And I think it's probably a lot of athletic women 
I would assume have had maybe similar thoughts. Right. Where it's, you're just finding your, you're finding your footing and it takes time to, and I think wisdom comes with age where there is no specific mold that, for example, a man is looking for. Mm -hmm. And some men want a super athletic woman. Some men maybe don't. Or, like, they're not maybe that athletic themselves and they don't want to be super active. Like, I want somebody who's going to, like, yeah. fly on a bike with me. And Go like, skydiving. Yes, for jumping. sure. Yeah. 100%. Because that's what, <laughs> I, that's what I find fun. So you'll, just, you'll be on the GoCube and be like, just show me your scars. No Seriously. questions. I want to see on your body that you move every day of your life. First question on a first date. How many bones have you broken? How many just bones Just, like, let's broken? be clear. If it's zero, we're not going to work this out. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> Because you don't want your first broken bone to come from your wife. Yes, like I don't want to. I don't want to bear that responsibility. I don't want to answer to that. Get the music behind the mission. Hate becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at KellyNicoleFoundation.org. Courage is strong. Amplified.